Welcome to the Conscious Healing Podcast with Mona Loring. This is a show that marries the mystical with the practical to help you with your spiritual healing. Whether you're newly curious about what's behind the veil or you're well into your spiritual journey, this show offers a grounded exploration into all you've been seeking. has been a really tough year for many people, if not everyone in some way, shape, or form. And many have been experiencing grief in various ways this year. And today we're going to talk about how to handle grief a little bit more spiritually with the CEO of Spirit Guides Media and grief coach and afterlife specialist, Arizona Bell. Those of you who follow me on social media and know a little bit about my life, you will know Arizona already, if not because you are also listening to her Spirit Guides Media podcasts, but Arizona's dear friend and PR client of mine, and as you may have seen already, she's also my co-founder in the Conscious Spirit Festival that is coming on October 18th. Arizona Bell is the co-founder and CEO of Spirit Guides Media a growing media network that's dedicated to truth and driven by spirit. She's also the host of the podcast, A Matter of Life and Death with Arizona Bell. A grief coach and afterlife expert, Arizona is an inspirational speaker with the message that examining death and what happens to us after death is the absolute best way to live our richest, most meaningful lives here on earth. A rising voice in the spiritual community, She appeared as a panelist on George Norrie's Afterlife Expert Panel at the Afterlife Research and Education Institute Symposium in 2018, and she speaks regularly at various conferences and events. Arizona's new book, Soul Magic, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Mystics, is available now where books are sold. Hola. Hi. Hi. Arizona, we're finally doing this thing. I know. Gosh, I'm so excited. I'm excited too. And I love that I actually get a look at your face while we do this. I know. <laughs> I'm so glad we got, we've got so many things going on right now, but I'm so happy I can see your face. I love it. And I want to say that I was already telling you earlier, but I want the listeners to hear how I am so amused that I am interviewing you when you're more commonly the interviewer, not to mention that I am your publicist. So I'm the one that's usually setting up your interviews with other people. So I think that's totally amusing. It is amusing. It's, 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 it's nice to be on the other side of the mic. I got to say, especially with you who I love. And like you said, you do arrange so many things for me in interviews, but it's nice to be on the other side of the mic. You know, it's, it's probably a little bit more relaxing. You don't have to like think about being on as much. You're just going to flow and you're going to answer me, right? Yeah, you're the one that's stressed out, not me. I'm, you know what? Funny <laughs> enough, I'm not stressed out because I get to see that beautiful face of yours. That mug of yours is going to make it all better. So, this mug. That mug. So there's so many subjects that we can dive into. And obviously we had some discussion on the fact that we could go anywhere with this. And we decided to land on your most popular area of expertise, grief. And before we dive into all this, though, I really want you to tell the listeners who aren't familiar, which hopefully everybody is familiar at this point, because they should be, with Spirit Guides Media about your amazing podcast and the work that you've been doing with the spiritual community and everything that you've built. So please go into that before we dive into all the other stuff. 
Sure, I'll do my best to sum it up. Um, it's been a wild three years, and what started as Spirit Guides Magazine is now evolved into Spirit Guides Media, which is basically a full-blown media network for modern mystics at this point. But um, originally, it started as a passion project born from grief. Um, my mother passed away about five years ago, and I had had the idea for Spirit Guides and the tagline, New Maps for Old Souls, in my head for years before my mom passed away. But it was one of those things that I was too chicken shit to do. And, you know, I I, I was fearful. I Who was I to go start a spiritual media company in my mid-20s and all that kind of fear stuff around it? So I never did, but the idea never relented. And so when my mom passed away, it was like, you know what? Life's too short. I'm going to do the damn thing. So, and something about ideas that never go away, they're meant for you. So I, I went for it. And ever since it's grown into, oh my gosh, something I, I couldn't even really imagine because I sort of surrendered to spirit and said, okay, whatever you want, let's do this. And all of a sudden I was podcasting and speaking on stages and all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, so now we're doing... Uh, I just released a new podcast, which is called A Matter of Life and Death with Arizona Bell. And we're turning Spirit Guides Radio, the old podcast, into an online radio station. And we have a spiritual directory and we have courses and books and, of course, a festival that we're co-founded with you. So all kinds of stuff going on right now. I don't know if I did that justice, but basically, I don't know. I don't know how it all blossomed like that, but that's what happened. How do you, how do you not do it justice? It's such a beautiful long list of everything that you're doing. Just talking about it does it justice because it's freaking awesome. And the one thing that I can totally tell everybody about you is that you are so freaking authentic in the best way. And you're so real. And I think that that's what just makes everything you do thrive because everybody wants that high vibe, amazing soul. Like you're one of the sweetest, most loving people I've ever met. And I just feel like everything that you do and you create, you have that amazing intention behind it. And I saw that firsthand just with us starting our festival together. And you, you were like, you know what, let's just make sure that our intention behind it is great. And those <laughs> of you who, who don't know, like, you know, we, we started this thing like a year ago, we were talking about it and we didn't end up doing it because of COVID. <laughs> and one day, like we always do, it's always so funny how we come together the ways that we do. But we were like, why are we not just going to do this virtual? And it was like, bam. And before we officially launched it, both of us went and we meditated and we put love into yeah. it and we put that energy into this. And that's what I love about you because it was so aligned that we both did that together. And I want to just bring your mom up because she's here. And <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to say, you want to bring my mom up because I bet she's telling you. She's she's a party crasher. I'm telling you, she wants to be a part of everything. She's party crashing and she's actually like doing like I can't quite figure out what it is, but it's almost looks like dance moves. Like she's literally like going like this. Like you can see me, but the listeners can't. And I've actually never seen her quite party down like this, but she's in a good mood right now. And um, I want to tell the listeners that I, I believe that your mom's who brought us together and I just was downloaded like. I need to talk to Arizona Bell and I need to reach out to her and I need to do this and I need to do that. And all these things that had originally happened, just like pushing us together. But at the same time, as I was reaching out to you and as I was talking to you, I was always just like, God, I love her. She's the best. This is awesome. So 
I obviously want to give your mom many thanks because she was right. And, uh, <laughs> she's always right. One thing you got to know about my mom, she's always right. She's it's a, the German. It's the German in her. <laughs> so I just want to give her a shout out for bringing us together while she's here right now. I have to bring her up to you. Yeah. But, hey, mom. Okay, so hey, mom. So let's dive in. Okay. So let's, you know, we're going to talk about grief, but obviously we're going to talk about grief with a healing spin on it because as you always do anyway, which is so perfect that it fits in because of the podcast. So can you start by sharing your experience as a grief coach and as an afterlife expert? And can you explain also what a grief coach is and which is a little more obvious and what an afterlife expert is, because that might not be so obvious to some people. And how did you get into doing this work? Well, I'll tell you, I didn't get into it because I wanted to be a grief expert. (laughs) I mean, who does, right? But um, yeah, so I have to tell you just straight off the bat, it was 100% divinely guided. And I know it was divinely guided because of that joke. I didn't want to do this. Um, And so my mother passed away a little over five years ago, like I mentioned, from breast cancer. And she was my best friend, um, my cheerleader, my biggest fan, my rock, my soulmate. I mean, we had one of those iconic mother-daughter relationships to the point where a spiritual healer said about my mom passing, um, or she was ill at the time. She said, if if she passes, it's not just one life, it's two, because her and I were so connected. And honestly, that's how it felt after she died. I mean, I grieved hardcore and it, it took me surrendering fully to spirit on such a massive level, being at the lowest rock bottom in order to get back up and live life again, to choose life. Um, and I'm a very happy person, typically. I'm a Leo, like we were just talking about, like I'm very much a lover of life. Um, but I, w- I was brought into the, to the depths of feeling that I didn't want to live anymore. And so I surrendered to spirit. And I said, okay, I'm going to live this life after about a year of hardcore grieving, mind you. But I said, okay, I'm, I'm surrendering to you, spirit, and I'm going to let you call the shots because I don't know what to do with my life anymore, but I know that I'm supposed to live it. And I know that I'm supposed to live it in honor of my mother. And so you tell me what you want me to do. Next thing you know, I'm starting spirit guides. I'm on my way to LA to get, to do training for a grief coach. So I trained at the Grief Recovery Institute and I was out in Los Angeles and I was there for the week and it was hardcore, intense training. And I learned so much and I took that with me and I put it in my pocket. And then the next thing you know, I'm meeting with a medium whose name is Suzanne Wilson. And she's saying to me, you're going to be a great afterlife researcher. I want you to be at my next event speaking on the stage on a panel. And I'm like, but what are you talking about? Like, I'm a writer. I don't, I'm not, I don't do that stuff. And she's like, oh, I've been told that you're going to be huge in the afterlife world. And so I went to the event and I'm sitting up there on stage talking about spirituality and my experience with grief and everything as a young person, you know, I was one of the younger people at the event. And, and from there, honestly, it just, it was a year later, I was an afterlife expert talking to George Norrie on his panel. And, and, you know, I put in the dues and I did whatever spirit brought to me and, and that's what happened. And I wish I could say it was all like something that I plotted out, but it, it wasn't, you know? So I think, you know, my mom and I are still so strong. 
Um, and she's helping me on the other side. I know that for a fact. And that's why all this stuff, it's almost like the path was just laid out for me. And it was like, here you go, Arizona, just go. And I can see that firsthand just with working with you. She's just so involved, but not in, in not in a negative way where people are like, oh my gosh, meddling, you know what I mean? But she's so involved and she's so supportive. And she just, right. it's it makes you wonder if, you know, she when she when she crossed over she got that download of like what you're meant to do and she's like here we go like oh yeah I know this so I'm gonna guide her and make it easier for her to go down this path because it's clearly part of your purpose I think so I think so and I you know talking with so many mediums and people in the afterlife and doing so much research in it is you know some people do pass and then they decide to live their lives as guides for people here on earth and like I'm what I'm telling you, my mom and I were so close on earth. There's no doubt in my mind that she crossed over and was immediately concerned about me and got the download. Oh, this is part of our plan. It continues. And now I'm going to do the work from this, from this side to really push things forward because I tell you it all heated up after she passed away. So I'm, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And it's so beautiful that way too, because it's just, it's the partnership that keeps going on, you know, and there's nothing that could ever break a bond like that, period, you know, so right. it's beautiful. I love it. And I love that, like, as I look at you, like, I'm aware of her, too. So it's just like special talking <laughs> about her like this and just knowing that she's there like that. So, OK, so I love this. So grief coach, afterlife expert. I've seen it with my own eyes at events with you. Youngest person in the room on stage. I love it. Um, so. Obviously, your experience, and this is something we were talking about with grief, has has taught you how to deal with hard times in general. And I see 2020 as a year of grieving, you know, and whether it is that people have lost someone and they're actually literally grieving for a, a loss of life, or if they're grieving for a job or they're grieving for their life before all of this. So it's brought on these tough times. So how can you explain for us how grief isn't just about this loss of a loved one, but how we see this in other forms from your eyes and from your experience? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we do often tend to think of grief as the loss of a loved one. Obviously, that's the big one, right? But something I learned at the Grief Recovery Institute when I was training to be a grief coach is there's actually more than 40 or so, even more if you really want to go, but four, more than 40 solid um, life events that happen that cause feelings of grief. And we don't always see it as grief. Um, there's some that are more obvious after the uh, the death of a loved one, like divorce or, um, you know, job loss or something like that. Your, your teenager leaving the house for college, empty nester. Those are obvious, you know, signs of grief. But one thing we don't consider is that sometimes positive things we think are positive and we they are positive also carry grief, feelings of grief with it. One example would be moving to a new city or getting a new job. Well, that's probably something you want if you're putting yourself out there. Maybe not sometimes, but for the most part, there's there's an excitement to it. You want that. It's exciting. But you are also probably and allowed to grieve the things that were left behind. You le you left a job behind. You left coworkers behind. You left a city you might have lived in for a long time that you loved behind. It, it's conflicting feelings, really, is what grief is. And 
So when we're talking about 2020, I mean, some people are hit with all of it, you know? I mean, it's an accelerated grief. It's an accelerated period of grief right now. There's so many changes all at once. So and people unexpectedly, could that I think that's un- what, you know, similar to a lot of versions of grief, right? It's the unexpected shock of not even seeing it coming. Absolutely. Yeah. The unexpected portion adds, adds to- so many layers to it. And so, yeah, when you're thinking about people, you know, hypothetically, or even just personally taking it to a personal level in 2020, I mean, I'm, I moved back from a Spanish Island because <laughs> I needed to be home. And yeah. even though I knew that was the right move, there's a big sense of grief in that for me, you know, and, and changes in jobs. Like you mentioned in the, we we're going to do a festival in person and, you know, losing that, that dream for the time period, even though I know it will, will come again and we're doing the, the virtual festival, but there's so, so much in it. And, and we're used to just being like, it's okay. It's okay. When things like that happen, but in 2020, it's not okay. We're all collectively grieving right now, period. Period. Podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, you know, no, we got to talk about the good stuff. But, you know, I, I see because I do see you're you know, I see. Yeah. I see grief not as a bad thing, even though yeah. it's so painful. You know, I've told you before, grief is love. What is grief if not love? You know, we literally my next question for you. So let's go in. Lay it on interrupting me. you because it's like the perfect intro that you just gave me. So. We've talked about this, yes, and that you say grief is love, and I absolutely, I haven't heard that before, and I loved when you said that to me, especially because of the emotion that you said it to me with, and you you beautifully worded that way, so can you explain how someone can transmute grief in that way, where you just bring it into how grief is love? How do you transmute this grief that you're feeling? It's a big question. It's a big question. It's one that I know about. Um, So grief. Yeah. So grief is one of the most powerful emotions in the world, because like I said, I I think of grief as love. If every grief story is a love story. I mean, we grieve hard because we love hard. If we didn't love, if we weren't capable of loving, we wouldn't grieve, period. So since love we know is the most powerful emotion in the world, Grief is related to it and it's able to be leveraged just like love. Um, and it's, it's painful. Okay. It's painful, but that's, well, that's what alchemy is. It's turning <laughs> the cold. Yeah. Crap. Bigger crap than grief. So your grief is this invitation to bloom in the rock, in the mud, you know, it's, you're brought down to the rock bottom, you're brought down to the mud and that's where stuff grows, you know? Yeah. And so, and I'll, I'll probably butcher the quote, but Marianne Williamson says something along the lines of there's a certain desperation that's needed before we're ready for God. Okay. Even if you don't like the word God, spirit, mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's a shortcut to the divine when you're in that serious sense of hurt. Yeah. And once again, you led me into my next question. So I'm going to go there. This is amazing. We're so in sync. It's kind of making (laughs) fun. So can you explain how you see grief as a gateway into the divine? Because you've mentioned to me how it's an access point. 
And I think it's so healing for people who are going through this grief to really understand how you see this as that gateway into the divine. Sure. Well, I'll use myself as a personal example. Before my mom passed away, I had zero experience with grief. Like some of the griefs we've talked about, but not that big, ooh, I can't go on feeling of grief. And before that, I was very... I dabbled in spirituality. I've always, you know, I have all kinds of crazy placements in my natal chart that make me drawn to the esoteric, but I never committed fully. Um, I was always one footed. I was always in the spiritual closet and I was never fully committed to my spiritual growth. There was always excuses and distractions. And that grief, that that was the gateway for me. That was the access point for me. I would never have done what I am doing now, which is serving, essentially, yep. helping people, because that's what happened when I when my mom passed away and I surrendered to spirit. I said, I just want to help people. I want to be a lighthouse in the stormy sea for people because I was just in that sea and it sucks. Yeah. So I would never be able to serve in the way that I'm serving if I did not get to that low rock bottom grief access point. Now, of course we can get there other ways. I'm saying it's a gift because it's a shortcut. Now, would I trade it all to get my mom back on a 3D human level? Of course, but on a spiritual level, on a 5D level, I understand my mom's exactly where she needs to be and it happened exactly how it needed to happen in order for me to actualize, self-actualize spiritually. So for me, in my personal life, grief was the, it was the kick in the butt, you know, it was the ultimate thing. And I don't think anything would have got me there fully for, except for that. And maybe nothing would have got you there fully because on a 5D level, this is what the plan was with you and your partnership with your mom. I totally, 100% So many others this way because- we know that you reach so many people with what you do. And obviously you wouldn't have started all this to reach all those people who need you should you not have done it. So it was obviously you showing your courage, signing up for this, you know, quote unquote, signing up for this. And it's, it's, totally. such, a, it's such a touchy subject to go there because you can't help but look at it on that 3D level too. And emotionally, oh, you know, and that's sure. why it's so complicated because to talk about this without anyone really going to that 5D, it's really difficult because grief is so incredibly hard. Yeah. And you can't, you know, I say this at a lot of my talks, you can't, you don't go up to somebody who just lost somebody and say, grief is a gift. Like right. you, you don't, right. you know, well, this yeah. is not the point yeah. of that. Like, you know, it, it's, this is a process that has taken me so many years to get to, and it's a process for everybody. And I just want to say another thing about the grief being a, a access point or a gateway to the divine. As as I said, you know, I've done so much research on grief and the afterlife and all of this. And from what I found from so many researchers, so many sources, is that the biggest relief for grief, I'm not going to say cure or anything like that, yeah. because I don't think there is a cure, but the biggest relief for grief is the conscious understanding via direct experience that we, that our consciousness continues after death. I.e. if somebody has had a, uh, a plus experience with a medium or they have had an a plus direct experience 
whether it's a dream visit from a loved one who's passed away or their own psychic um, understanding or they've seen an apparition of their loved one or whatever it is, that soothes grief faster, quicker than therapy, than anything. Um, and, and that is why I think it's an access point as well, because like for me, there aren't a lot of young people in the afterlife circles at the conferences doing this because a lot of, I still don't know many people that have lost a parent, you know, and then that was almost five plus years ago. I really am one of the only ones of my peers. So it makes sense that, that I guess you wouldn't think about death unless you've experienced it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but going Thinking about death, I mean, the Tibetan Buddhists know this. <laughs> you know, the more you meditate on death, you will see that we don't really die. And then you can really live your life. Yeah. And I have to say from my own personal experience, too, with losing my sister-in-law, I did not see her. And I, as a medium, I was like, where is she? What's going on? And I didn't see her for a really long time. And there's reasons that I've been explained for that. But once I did, the feelings of... I lost her to suicide. And so the feelings of grief and guilt and all those things really, it, it was, again, it's, it's relief and not a cure. I love that you said that because that's so spot on, but it wasn't until she came for me and I finally got to see her for myself that I was like, she's okay. And, and this is from someone who believes already. I obviously believe in the fact that there is life after death, right? But right. I needed to see it for my own grief. I needed to see it for myself. So I think that what you're saying is so powerful because I think that's absolutely true. And so tell me this. So for anybody who's listening right now that is going through uh, grief of a lost one, keeping it really specific to that, the deepest grief, what would you suggest they do for this relief? You know, obviously we're saying find, find something spiritually. You know, they're not psychics. They're not mediums. They can't do it themselves. Who do they go to? What would you suggest? Where do they do the research on where to go? Ooh, oh, well, that's a big question. Because first of all, I just want to say that you need to do what feels right to you. <laughs> and grief is so um, individualized. You know, I was just, I have the the book from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on death and dying. And I was just going through it. And it's interesting because people have totally bastardized her research and they call it the five stages of grief. It's not the five stages of grief. Her book is about the five stages that terminally ill people go through. Like, so it would be written about my mom dying from cancer. She's going through denial, this, that, and other thing. The five stages of grief, that's not a thing. And it's not, and nothing can be, <laughs> nothing that messy can be contained. I mean, you know, so, and that's a big misconception. I did not um, know that. I mean, no one can see my face right now. You saw it. I, I, yeah, I saw your wow. face. Wow. So, so there's really no, there's no blueprint for grief, right? Um, yeah, which makes sense. You have to do what feels good to you. From my experience, I'm going to say this. Feeling it is so hard, but it is so important. Um, we want, we automatically want to numb it out. And we all have our different ways we like to numb. For some of us, it's food. For some of us, it's drinking. For some of us, it's whatever vice it is, right? In my grief, we have in my grief coaching program, we have the whole name for them, a whole section, like all the things you can do to numb it out. And you want to, that's what you want to do because you don't want to feel it. Um, but the faster you feel it, 
the faster again, I mean, I don't want to say you heal it because it rhymes, but you know, the, the faster you're going to get through it I and like you have rhymes. I know I do too. You have to go through it. You know, you have to go through it. And yeah. the best thing, the best thing that I can say that I did, you know, is I wrote, I created, I tried to create and and spirit, because that is a form of spiritual anchoring and anything you can do in a spiritual uh, to get anchored in spiritually, it's going to make the experience of grief so much easier. Now, as far as um, organizations, you know, I'm affiliated with the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. They have so much information on uh, for bereaved parents, siblings, anybody, and just research on how life goes on after death and, and where you can start looking to communicate or find your loved one, believe it or not, there's, there's ways you can learn to do that. That's some great advice. And I, I did, it's interesting when you ask someone a question and you don't think it's that tough of a question. And then after you get the answer, you're like, wow, that was a really serious question. I mean, that was almost like a loaded question. Look at your, your <laughs> own publicist throwing a loaded question out at you, but very well answered. And you're so right because even with the work I do as a healer, it's so individualistic. You know, everybody's going to go through whatever they're healing their own way. You can never assume or expect anything of anybody. And it's just everybody's doing it perfectly for them. You know, whether right. it's slow, whether it's really quick, whatever it is. And I think that that's so well said because nobody can give you that perfect formula. You have to find right. that yourself. And right. I want to just add in one more thing. I think – yeah. Because I'm really passionate about it, obviously. I yeah. think the main the main thing to address as a society is we need to take better care of our bereaved. And we used to do that historically. We used to publicly mourn. We used to have rituals around grief and mourning. And we don't anymore. It's a privatized affair, like much of everything else. And we need to ask ourselves, how can we better take care of people who are grieving? Because so many, many of us don't know what to do and don't know what to say. And we're not bad people. We just don't know what to do or what to say. So we don't do anything or we don't say anything. And I this, love that you said that. And I, I, can you please go on and say what, from personal experience, even, you know, what can people do? Because I have heard from uh, mainly widows and widowers that I've worked with that they lose their friends and they lose their family because they're grieving because people, again, they're not bad people, but they don't know how to act around that person. They don't know what to say. And it's literally, they've lost this loved one. And yet right. then they're losing everybody else in their lives. And again, you're bringing up such an important point. I love you for saying that because that is so important. So what can people do to support that person? What would you say? Sure. Sure. I have some things. I have some things. So from my personal experience, just do it. So a lot of people say to somebody who's grieving, please let me know if I can do anything to help. Okay. First of all, we have a hard time asking for help when we're not grieving, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Especially as individualized Americans or Westerners. Good like, point. So don't say to somebody, please let me know if you say, just do it and say, and, and this is a, this would be a great example. I'm going to the grocery store and I'm going to buy you groceries. What day of this week would be a good day to drop it off? And if you, and I yeah. can either, and then an extension of that, I can either leave the groceries at your front 
door if you don't want to have any company, or I can come in with a bottle of champagne. You tell me. But the point is, is that you're doing it and you're giving them options. Yeah. That is a huge one. That is a huge one. And another thing is, it's okay and actually advisable to say, I don't know what to say, but I want to be here for you. Rather than trying to say a bunch of stuff that's just, you know, uh, you're, you're just kind of rambling and it, it ends up being giving advice and, oh, at least you, at least they lived a long life and all this stuff that could, doesn't, you don't mean harm by it, but it can be harmful. Yeah. And, and then also don't do the alternative, which is just not showing up, not saying anything, you know? So it's that fine line of just, of being really vulnerable, coming to them and saying, I don't know what to say. This freaking sucks. Like that's the best thing somebody said to me is, this bleeping sucks. Yeah. You know, because that's that's really being seen. So to me, that those are my two things. Just just do it. Yeah. And it like and whatever comes to you, because you know the person more than it, it, again, it's kind of ind individualized, like how people are. But it's like if someone's like, Oh, I wonder if we could start a meal train, just do it. It's gonna help them, you know? So yeah. I think it's just about just being bold and taking action. And not worrying about how they take it after that, because if they don't want to eat the food, they won't, but at least you did it. And most of right. the time they do want that help because they're going through something and it's hard to even. Oh, I want <laughs> Yeah. I wanted yeah. all the food because you know what, for me, even though I'm the kind of person who doesn't eat when I'm grieving, I had all of these people around because all of a sudden I was the matriarch of the family. I had to feed people and take care of people. So other people's food coming in was a relief for me when I had to organize all these affairs and everything. Yeah. So even if it's not food, whatever it might be, you know, whatever, whatever you think could be helpful. Yeah. That's really great advice. That's, I love it. So transitioning this from the deepest form of loss of a loved one to emotional grief and, and grief for like, we're talking about 2020 loss of a job, loss of relationships. I mean, you and I have talked about how the world is so divided right now. And there's so many people that are cutting other people out because of their belief systems, whatever it may be. So if, if people are losing loved ones, not in the way of, of death, but as far as just le they're leaving their lives for whatever reason, what kind of advice do you have right now for that type of grief? What can people do to feel better? <laughs> Let me know when you figure it out. <laughs> no, I'm Another kidding. Another loaded question for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm in the thick of it too, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that that's so relevant and new right now. It's something that I'm honestly trying to figure out too, because one thing that, one thing that 2020 has done is cleared away from everyone's life. What is no longer in alignment. That yeah. that's what it's doing. And it's and so need to hard. accept that. And that's hard for people to accept. It's very hard. And, you know, even for me, I've gone through a lot of loss, even after my mom's died. I mean, my, my Scorpio, uh, or my Saturn's in Scorpio. Like I'm, uh, that's my lesson in life is transformation, loss, loss and transformation. And I've gone through the thick of it. And this year has been extraordinarily painful for me too. Just so much getting swept away. So we need to be easy on ourselves. We need to love ourselves and we need to be easy on other people and we need to love other people. Yeah. And as, as polarizing, so my advice is, I mean, just kind of surface level, but my advice is 
it's such a polarizing time and anything that we can do to bring about unity or depolarization or kindness, like that's going to help us too. Because one thing, and I'll bring it back to my experience in my research in the afterlife. One thing I have learned is that the golden rule is there for a reason. It really freaking matters. It matters how we treat people on this, on our earthly existence, because it is going to translate into our afterlife experience. And it, so as hard it is, is as it is right now, and as many people as we might want to slap upside the head for whatever, <laughs> like if we can learn to be patient and loving and understanding of people that aren't in the same, you know, thought, thought system or whatever as us, that's the best thing we can do right now. And I want to add to that, that, you know, I've done a lot of spiritual work today. And so I, I got quite a few downloads and something I feel compelled to add to that is that please don't be kind because you want it as good karma in a next life <laughs> because right. intention is everything. And so that actually ruins your intention, believe it or not. And so being kind because you want something out of it changes the intention. And in my, in my perspective, that makes you actually have the intention of getting something instead of the right. intention of kindness. So I just wanted to point that out that it's like, Hey, it's better than nothing. <laughs> so if you can be kind, yeah, no. reason, it's better than nothing. But in I general, totally agree with you. Please reframe that thought process because I do know, and I, I work with some people um, that tend to think, okay, well, I have to be nice because I don't want this coming back to me. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you're, you're ruining the vibe. You're ruining the energy right. around that. Oh, the intention matters for sure. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And the reframe is, is, uh, is necessary, but yeah, it's hopefully we're training our, <laughs> we want to be kind because we want to be kind for the goodness yeah. of being kind, yeah. you know, and, and just working towards that shifting humanity into that anyway, because obviously we're of a thought process of, you know, and, and most spiritual people right now, whether whatever side of the process they're in is that no matter what this is coming because it's shifting humanity to higher levels. Right. For sure it is. Thank goodness. <laughs> I love how you and I are looking at each other like we could go on and on and go further <laughs> with this, but we're going to stop right now. So, okay. Jumping, jumping into, I want to talk more about some of the cool things that you've seen and done with your line of work with spirit guides. So you have, and, and, and this is coming from me who I've listened to almost all your podcasts on spirit guides at this point. Um, cause you're the best and I love you. And, um, you've interviewed some really awesome people. Can you share who a few of your standouts were not to say that other people weren't awesome and amazing too, but just the ones that come top of mind and why you think they were standouts for you? Because part of what I want to do with this podcast is I kind of open everybody up to really cool people and other places that they can look into. So who can you bring up and tell us about from your experience with spirit guides? Man, I know. And I, I, it's like they're all so great in their own ways. But yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, I think everybody who knows me and has listened to Spirit Guides Radio knows that I love talking to Colin Bedell all day, every day. He's one of my favorites. Uh, he's um, His business is called Queer Cosmos, and he's a wonderful astrologer, and he's brilliant and funny and kind, and he's just so personable and fun to talk to. So I've had many episodes with him. I've actually just recorded a new episode with him for my new podcast, which is going to be coming out so I'm, I'm, he's one of my favorites. He's a go-to for me. Um, let's see who he's else. I always look for the event. We should, we should say he, that too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. 
he is the keynote speaker and I'm, that's not why I'm saying it. No, so no, that's not totally organic. I can tell you even forgot to add that part. You're thinking about your podcast. Yeah. He's a keynote speaker for our festival conscious spirit fest for a reason. Love him so much. Um, let's see. I always love talking to Susan Wilson because Suzanne Wilson, because she, she is such a good medium and she, she gives a visual of the afterlife. That's what I like. And she's one of my, like, people love my podcast with her. I do. Because too. literally she describes she's the ins so and outs. Not just, yeah, she, it's so interesting. Like, she, she can go, and she has a book called Soul Smart that goes into all that stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So she's one that's, she's a favorite. Um, I love talking to Gala Darling because she's a hoot. Uh, I'm trying. I don't know. I, there's so many that are standouts. So questions. What's wrong with me? I should be setting you up with all the easy ones. <laughs> you know, I've I've been blessed with so many awesome guests. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, I, I'm just I've recorded five for my new podcast that's coming out soon, the next couple of days. And I uh, the first one I recorded with is with a woman named Courtney Beck, and she's a healer in Australia. And we talked about rebirth, not only rebirth in between lifetimes, but in rebirthing ourselves in our current lifetime and how that hmm. uh, adds to the progression of your soul. And that was such a cool conversation. So since that just happened, that's top of my mind. That's cool too. And she's part of the event yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Is she? Yeah. Oh yeah. She's doing a <laughs> supporter. She's giving a raffle she's prize. She's raffling something. Exactly. All right. So being, okay, this is the, this is the fun part for me. I, I wanted to get your opinion on this. So being that you've been able to explore the spiritual world so deeply with your work that we've been talking about and your amazing network of light workers, I think it would be fun for listeners to hear about one of your craziest experiences with spirit. Give us something good. Would it though? Would it be good for your <laughs> listeners? I've seen some crazy shit. <laughs> I think it would be uh. fun. Let's do it. Well, okay. Let me think here. Have you... Oh. <laughs> Have you heard of physical mediumship? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Physical mediumship sitting in a, I sat in two physical mediumship circles, one with David Thompson and one with Scott Milligan. And they were by far the wildest experience with spirit that I have Where ever were had. These? Where were these? So what state? one of them, or one of them was in Arizona. Okay. My first one was in Arizona with David Thompson at, one of the afterlife conferences. Okay. And then my second one, my second one was in Orlando, Florida at a different conference with Scott Milligan. Okay. Now in the first one, so I'm not going to go all out into physical mediumship right now. Cause it's pretty wild, but um, <laughs> your listeners should definitely go I don't check know if it you guys out. Are ready for this, but this is going to be a good intro for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I wasn't ready for it, but, and I was very fortunate to have, been sat at the circle and I only was able to because I was a presenter at the conference and I didn't, I honestly didn't know what I was getting into. So the first one blew my mind right out of its skull. I mean, it was intense, crazy, but nothing happened to me personally. And I, like I saw things and ex or heard and saw and experienced things, but my body, my physical body was not, you know, did not experience it. Yeah. Like it wasn't affected. But in my second one, um, in my second physical mediumship circle with Scott, I was literally had a, a spirit hand touch me and hold my hand. And then later got a message through the trans medium saying that 
and nobody else in the circle had had their hand touched. And I was like, did anybody get their hand touched? <laughs> and then the spirit came through the trance medium and said, we touched her hand. The one whose hand we touched, we touched because she's going to be helping so many of the voiceless. Like I, I can't Ooh, remember the exact words, but it was crazy. And so, yeah, I mean, have a physical spirit, spirit hand touched me. So I know that I'm not doing it justice and it sounds crazy, but there's no way I can explain. It's hard. It's a hard one. And I think that'll, I think that'll pique everybody's interest enough. And yeah, I think that's pretty good. I I went to a conference and there was a very heavy focus on physical mediumship. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what that was when I was at the conference, I was there speaking about grief. Yeah. So I was like, what's going on? So I went to all these things and I was like, huh. And then that night I was at a circle and I was like, where the heck am I? But <laughs> by far the craziest thing that's ever okay, happened wait, to me. So like, let, let's go a little, I'm not letting you finish the story yet. I want you to go a little bit deeper, a little bit, a little bit. We have a little bit of time. So what, how does that work for those who literally have no idea what they're thinking? Like you're talking about a circle. What's a circle to someone like, okay. Okay. Like, so what, you know, are you going into some random room? Like I obviously, I, I know a lot about this. Yes. World, so I just, I don't want to say too much, but like what for, for someone who's really new to this, what does that look like? Like you show up and you, this was for your very first one. Which one was the very first one? The one in Arizona? Yeah. With David okay. Thompson. Yeah. So you walk so, into and that, room, like what is this room? Like what's going so on? So I, <laughs> so I'm at, a, I'm at a hotel and they're like, okay, get on this bus. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you get on a bus. And they bust us, they bust us to a secret location. Okay. See, I knew this was going to be more interesting. Here we go. Yeah. And before we went inside, we had to take off everything. I had to take off my hat. You had it to was be really good. I'm just kidding. So. No, everything but your clothes. But you right. had to take off. Uh, you had to leave your phone, like anything, like any your jewelry, mm -hmm. any my hat. Like I got to keep my glasses on, but oh, okay. basically everything else. And and then you're sat. You know, people sit you, and there's just a room with a circle of about 20 chairs. Was my experience, and then there's one. Is like a cabinet with a chair inside the cabinet for the medium. And there's different kinds of mediums, but yeah. this is a physical medium who, who also does trans mediumship. And basically you get into the room and every, and they make every precaution that there can't be any tampering with anything like any, basically cheating or magic or something like mm -hmm. that. Like this is very authentic, you know, there's every precaution. I mean, it was insane. I felt like I was, at a, you know, getting searched by the police and all this stuff, you know, and the room was bare and there was nothing in it. And That's what I was going to ask. So, so there's nothing else in the room. There's chairs no, in a circle. There's no table. It's not like a seance. No, there's, they can't be hiding anything under the tables. Right. So people no. are just in chairs. The chairs are like, are they the kind of chairs that have like the feet where you can like, you know, walk through them. So there's not anything under a chair. Yep. It's not that kind of chair. Right. Right. Yep. And no. And, and, they, and they had you. And they had you check everything and they had people, okay. random people. One of them was my friend. So I knew it was real. Like check, like check. Cause they strapped down the medium into the chair, like strapped down. Like you've never seen before. Like they even, he even had like a cardigan and they zip tied every single hole, which was interesting. I'll, I'll say why at the end they, they strapped him down in every single way to the chair and they had two or three people. One of them, my friend come and check how strong, Actually, anybody could have checked, but they brought up specifically people and make sure they're like, there's no way, like there's no way. And yeah, by the end of it, he, his chair and his whole cabinet was 
was thrown into the middle of the room, you heard it, and his cardigan was on backwards with all of the all of the things busted out and everything was crazy that that's the the least i uh, can say right now or the most that's i can more say right now than david blaine and david Copperfield. oh <laughs> no it's wild yeah and what what's the craziest part is like the voices that come through because there's like a voice box created basically it's not like a traditional trance medium you can tell it's, it's, it's this different situation and all of these different people come through and it's like a loved one that has passed of somebody in the room came through with their voice. Which I think is pretty cool. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like um, some random British dude yeah. from the 1600s yeah. came it's through. A, it's a verifiable voice. Exactly. Through. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll leave that with your listeners, okay. but it was I think, I think pretty did. wild. <laughs> I'm going to get DMs and people are going to be like, bring Arizona back. We want to hear more about the physical meeting. Oh, my God. (laughs) Membership group, I did a whole, like, Zoom about the experience afterwards. I was like, I feel like a crazy person, but this is what happened. It's, I mean, there's definitely some things with spirit that, you know, for people who aren't used to any of that stuff. And a lot of my listeners are obviously a little bit new to this journey. And so I think we just, we did a big I'm so sorry. bomb drop on did them we right just, now. Did we just break their brain? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm assuming some people are listening and they're like, yeah, right. Like somebody, you I, know, and it's, and yeah. it's you know, it, choose what you want to believe, of course. But right. it happened. She saw it, guys. And I know that this is very possible. I actually know a physical medium and it's pretty interesting stuff happens with those people. So, well, and it's interesting because there's not very many physical mediums in the world no. right now. So, no. yeah. And, and I will say with Scott, he's become one of my best friends and he lost his father, um, by murder and he is intent on helping grievers. There's no way that guy's, um, shamming people. You know what I mean? Like when you start, you start to get to know these people on a, yeah. When you start to get to know these people on a personal level and why they're doing it. That's the thing. And, and, and that's, I, I mean, it's, it's, you shouldn't have to necessarily have a backstory to someone on like why you believe them, you know, necessarily, right. but it helps, you know, for me with, yeah. my, with my healing business, I used to always tell people like, which for me, I thought it was a really, I'm like, I don't need the money from you <laughs> at all. Right. I have a very thriving PR business. I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be getting tired this way. And I do it because I love it. And I do it because I feel like my purpose is to heal. So I also love when you know somebody's backstory like that and you're like, this kind of helps me know that like, it's genuine. You would not, you know, when you've lost somebody, you, you know, you, it's like, you don't take that for granted when you're doing this kind of work and, and you, you treat it that much more seriously and with that much more respect. So I love that you added that for people who are a little bit more, mm, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if I believe right. this. Sure. Yeah. Sitting in a box ended up I, in the middle of a circle. Okay. I would challenge, I would challenge them to just do a little research. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Fair. All right. Before so they're probably crazy. <laughs> we, have to, we have to go soon because we have an Instagram live to get to. But where can people find you online, my dear? Oh, I'm glad you said find me online. I've been trying to find myself all year. So um, <laughs> couldn't answer that one where they could find me. Um, no, I'm kidding. Easiest way is spiritguidesmedia.com or at spiritguidesmedia on Instagram, which 
is where we often hang out the most. And then from there, you can see everything we have going on, basically. So Spirit Guides Magazine. Nope, that's wrong. Spiritguidesmedia.com. Yeah, that's James. Yeah, and at Spirit Guides Media on Instagram. And at Arizona Bell on Instagram. Actually, it's at underscore Arizona Bell. Oh, I'm, I never even thought about that. I just type because it in and it comes up. There's some other... Somebody else wanted Arizona Bell. Right. I don't know. I got to try to. You should get your publicist on that and get them to kick them off. <laughs> I know. Give me a blue check mark or something. No, but um, yeah. So at underscore yeah, Arizona Bell. At underscore Arizona Bell. That's where I'm at. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming on. I'll be talking to you very shortly. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate you. And you're the best. And hopefully you're going to come back on again soon. Thanks, Mona. I will come on again, just not to talk about physical mediumship, please. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's been awesome. I love talking to you. Love you. Love you. It is always so fun doing whatever it is that I'm doing with Arizona. I feel like these days we're doing all kinds of different things together and it's a blast. And I just wanted to remind you again, if you're interested in the Conscious Spirit Fest, for you to go to spiritguidesmedia.com and click on festival and you can see the lineup that we have from mediums to astrologers. I I love that I'm saying it plural when there's one medium and an astrologer, but you know what I'm trying to say. The different amazing people that we have in the lineup from Colin Vidal to Susan Grau to sound healing, meditation, yoga. It's just a day that's filled for if you're not into yoga, we have all kinds of cool metaphysical stuff. If you're into the wellness and the sound healing and the yoga, you're going to really enjoy having that implemented within the lineup as well. So we were really trying to be mindful for what people really need to have an all-encompassing event that's really covering all the different things that people want. So it would sort of be the close, next best thing I should say and the closest thing to the fact that you cannot go to an actual festival right now. So please do check that out and I'll catch you guys on the next podcast episode. Thanks as always.